the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You are listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. Thank you for doing that. It's a couple minutes after 4. We enjoy being here each weekday, 4 till 5. This hour, looking forward to Patrick Linnell. He's a pastor and an author of a book called Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. It's kind of a movement as well. It's been picking up some steam. We'll be chatting with him during the hour about the book. We're actually giving that book away right now at WFIL.com on the contest page. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Forecast, a lot of sun, breezy the rest of the day. What a beautiful day today. Clear skies tonight, low 55. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow, high 83. Just a little word of the wise, because this is how I think it's just it's natural for you to kind of live in the moment. It's supposed to get to 87 or so on Saturday, then crack 90 on Sunday, and then a good chunk next week. It's supposed to be 92, 93, 94. So maybe now's the time to place that call in case you are needing to get the uh, AC looked at or have the fan, you know, whatever it is, get a couple fans going or something, rather than all on the same day, everyone's realizing, hey, it's really hot, and then, you know, have trouble getting a repairman out or something like that, or someone to, maybe that maintenance check. Uh, just like Dave Peterson, our show sponsor, said the other day, uh, was it yesterday? Uh, he said, when you bring your car to their shop, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to maintain your car or they're going to fix your car kind of boiling down what is a pretty complicated thing. You think about it, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not handy enough to fix my own engine or, or do a whole lot to my car, a little bit, but not a lot. But he kind of boiled it down when he was talking with his own, his own team there at Briner and said, you know, when people come, come in and do one of two things, pretty much maintain it, keep it running before a problem happens or after. So I just noticed that the forecast is trending upward, and uh, I've been caught before where the house is getting really hot and they realize, hey, we have a little problem here. So that's your little public service announcement for the moment. Phillies have the evening off. They lost yesterday 13-12. to It was a very back-and-forth game. They were out front several times, wound up losing uh, 13-12. to Phillies manager Joe Girardi on the problem. What killed us was I think we walked seven guys in those two innings and maybe six, maybe even seven scored. You know, and that's the frustrating part. Um, we had leads, and then we kind of gave them away by issuing so many base on balls, and you just can't do that. Phillies manager Joe Girardi also talked about uh, closer Hector Neris, who wound up getting the loss and blowing the save, and uh, these post people shut the game down and instead several times now in recent uh, memory has, has not been able to do that. Would Girardi consider a change at that closer position? I'll take an off day and think about it. I think that's what you do. You you know, you're always reevaluating. You take an off day and look at it. I mean, today was 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 not a good day for most people, right? So 
you know, I think the only guy that came in and really got through a clean inning was Alvarado. When you look, and our bullpen was great yesterday. Um, Today was a bad day, and uh, we need to be better. 13-12, again, the Phils lost. It would help, perhaps, if the starting pitching lasted longer than it has also in recent games and therefore not tax the bullpen. I think, you know, our starters getting deep in the game is important just because, you know, you look – what happened in San Francisco, we went to the bullpen pretty early, went to the bullpen early yesterday, and it caught up to us today is what happened. And, you know, we haven't had to do that a whole lot, you know, until this last four or five days. And uh, we got to get our starters to where they can give us a little more distance. Yesterday's starter, Vince Velasquez, lasted just four and a third innings, gave up four runs. And again, a back-and-forth game there. Up 12-11 going into the ninth before losing that lead and losing 13-12. Alec Bohm, their third baseman, had four hits, and uh, well, that's as far as a bright spot goes. Scored a few runs, knocked in one. His thoughts on his improved hitting lately? Just getting on time and not trying to do too much, and just taking what they give me, and uh, you know, putting the ball in play. I was, I was striking out way too much at the beginning of the year, and uh, you know, I've always believed that good things happen when you put the ball in play, and it's starting to show up for me a little bit. So, I mean, that's just kind of the kind of what I'm going to keep rolling with. Just trying to be me and. Take what they give me. Alec Bohm, third baseman for the Phillies. Again, that game had uh, t- the time the Phillies were up 5 nothing, then it was tied at 5, then they were ahead 9-5, to five, then they were down 11-9, to nine, then they went up 12-11. to 11. So it was uh, certainly an exciting game, if nothing else. Bohm talked about that aspect of it. Things can happen fast in this league. Everybody's good. Offenses are deep, and, you know, credit to those guys. They grinded out a ton of at-bats. They, they walked a lot, and they wasn't, I mean, they earned their walks for the most part, and you know, they, they ended up getting the big hit multiple times. And, uh, you know, we fought back and came up short a little bit in the end. Bryce Harper had a home run, as did Andrew McCutcheon and Travis Janikowski. Harper's 10th. They've all come with nobody on base, interestingly enough. Harper's thoughts on the loss and the next series, which starts tomorrow afternoon at 410 against the Mets. The game needs to be, be behind us right now. We're going into New York facing a tough Mets team. They're getting their guys back. You know, Conforto came back. Jeff McNeil came back. I mean, they're getting healthy. They're getting... Uh, they're getting better. Lindor swinging the bat well right now as well. So we're going to you know, be in for a tough weekend in New York. But we just got to keep going, keep playing our game, keep scoring runs, and control the things we can you know, each night we go out there. It's Bryce Harper of the Phils. Again, that weekend series with the first-place Mets starts tomorrow at 410. Phils are five games out of first. Things can turn really quickly. Win a few games in a row, all of a sudden you're knocking on first-place door. You lose a few, and all of a sudden you're sniffing the basement. So you got to be real careful. It can it can pivot the season one way or the other, even in just a few days, a bit there. Brief break, and then we're going to jump into a conversation here. Patrick Linnell going to give him a, ball, a call during our break here. He's the author of Grace Bomb, and we, again, we're giving this book away at WFIL.com. We'll get into it and, and uh, chat with him. Looking forward to it very much here in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It is 4-11, the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. And as I mentioned at the top of the program, with a special guest joining us today. His name is Patrick Linnell. Are we going with Pat or Patrick? What do you say? Pat works, brother. <laughs> I, I'll take Pat. <laughs> Let's do Pat then. Pat's actually semi-local, if I'm not mistaken. You're just south of the tri-state area. 
Yes, I grew up right outside of Baltimore, so I feel kindred spirits with all my Philly folks up there. Okay, that's fair enough. And I did a little research, and I understand that although it doesn't go, like, G-Love needs to write a song called I-95. He has a song called I-76. Oh, yes, he does, and I could quote that thing verbatim. I grew up on G-Love, so... (laughs) I kind of feel like I ride on I-76 all the time, man. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, that song has a lot of local references. I think it mentions a number of the 76ers, uh, Moses Malone and all that. And uh, and the song Rodeo Clowns is a song that I've used as a music bed in our program. So when I when I saw you yeah. were a G-Love fan, I was like, wow, I don't hear that that often. But I like his music. It's I fun. know. Yeah, he would come down to the D.C., Baltimore area, and man, he's he's one of the more underrated musicians out there, I think. Just kind of a fun, yeah, so happy happy Jack Johnson kind of sound uh, at times. So, in fact, they collaborated, I think, on, on that, uh, one of those, on Rodeo Clowns. So, anyhow, well, Patrick is our guest, uh, Patrick Linnell, and, you know, the book is called Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. And I want to get into it in a minute or two, but can you step back for a second, just share a bit of context, how God got a hold of you in the first place, which of course then eventually leads to this being part of your life. Yeah, so I kind of grew up like a typical suburban American kid. I just wanted to make money, go to college, get a Porsche, maybe a two-car garage, a three-car garage would be nice. But God got a hold of me my last year of college where I was invited to go to a small group Bible study. It was the first thing I had ever ever experienced anything like that, first time. And I was really expecting, you know, the people to be awkward or to be book nerds, but they were really well-adjusted people, and they were taking Jesus seriously. And that really opened my eyes, because I grew up going to church, but I didn't really grow up taking Jesus that seriously in my day-to-day life. So things really started to turn around then. I graduated. I did get into business for about a year, but then I had an opportunity to do a pastoral internship. It was that or uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. And the Lord just really put on my heart, I needed to go in this direction of the ministry. Never in a million years would I have thought I would have ended up doing that. But, you know, it was one of those, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all those things will be added to you. And it was one of the best decisions, thanks also to the prompting of my fiancé at the time, to take that route. And the Lord has done some really awesome things in the past two decades because of that decision. You So you did go to school for business, and, that, and that, hence the job. That, that was a natural extension of what you'd gone to school for. Yeah, I was. I went to Towson University. I got a business administration degree with a little minor in marketing, and I was working in sales, and I thought that was going to be life. Life should be just making money, being secure, spending money, having fun, uh, and repeat. Uh, but, you know, the Lord kind of put me in a different path where I think I really found the true satisfaction of my soul in walking in my purpose, or at least one of my purposes uh, of why I'm here on this planet. You know, as a parenthetical thought, you mentioned uh, going to a Bible study where you really were able to see more things about the gospel and, and get close to know, knowing the Lord rather than just maybe going to church. And uh, out of curiosity, how did you get introduced to that study? Was a single person introducing you to it? or? Yeah, so it was the final year of college, 
And my girlfriend, who is now my wife, by God's grace, because she's awesome, uh, <laughs> we were working out at the gym. And at the gym, we ran into an old friend from high school named Sarah. Sarah, from the gym, invited us to a downtown Baltimore bar called How at the Moon. It was a dueling piano joint. Okay. And so we're like, okay, we'll take that invitation. We'll meet you out at the bar. No worries. Uh, that kind of played into the narrative because Sarah, as we knew her in high school, was a was a party kid. Yeah. And we go to the bar, but then at the bar, she is going to then invite us to her Wednesday night small group Bible study. And we were like, what? You go to a what? <laughs> and she explained how she just started to read her Bible and everything changed and she should, you know, that we should really come check it out. So from a bar in Baltimore, we got invited to a little small group Bible study, and that thing changed the trajectory of our lives. Isn't no that, that well? And I, I, I wanted to ask you about that. I'm a, a you know big believer in the power of one, and also not just how things often really do happen one person to the next, but also just because each each person listening and you and I have the life God gives us. So while you can see the world at large and you can see things happening around you on TV and online and all that, there's still like, well, what am I doing with the breath God gives me today? The person I'm going to see next and the driver who's going to cut in front of me next or not. And how am I going to react to that? Cause that person is connected to me directly. So, uh, the courage of Sarah to invite you and the, or even the heart, maybe she didn't have a problem with courage, maybe just the heart, right? It's just how that has led to salvation your marriage, you have children, a ministry, a church, and this book, Grace Bomb, and among other things, too. Isn't it something? I just, I, I don't want to be lost on people. Like, what a thing. You know, maybe God would have used someone else besides Sarah if Sarah wasn't up for it. But you know what I'm saying? It's just uh, to be encouraged people that that power of one, and it factors into your book, Grace Bomb, for sure, as far as reaching out and having eyes for people around you. Yeah, that's right, because I think we can never underestimate what God would do with a small step of faith. You know, we just might see a neighbor or an opportunity, or we might step out of our comfort zone and do something small. You know, like for Sarah, she stepped out of her comfort zone and made a couple of invitations. But the Lord used that like the first domino that would fall that began to wreck our lives in, in the best of ways. And I feel like we have opportunities every single day, especially as followers of Jesus. You know, we're told that we have these good works prepared in advance for us to walk in. And it's mm. like, wow, so God has things for me to do out there. And if I would just, you know, be aware and then have that spiritual courage to take a little step, and you don't have to be in ministry, you don't have to work at a church, you don't have to be a volunteer church. This is you in your everyday walk of life, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And who knows what life you might wreck <laughs> because of your simple obedience. <laughs> yes. Patrick Linnell is our guest. He is uh, an author. He's a pastor. And Patrick, I have a very brief break to take. Can you hang on through the break and we'll get into the book at, right out on the other side of it? Absolutely. Oh. I'll hang right in there and hum some G-Love. <laughs> very good. Grace Bomb is the book, The Surprising Impact of, Lo of Loving Your Neighbors. And don't forget, we're giving it away. It just came up on our contest page last couple days. So WFIL.com, if you want to win the book, we'll be getting into what that book's about in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local. 
It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 421, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Our guest today, Patrick Linnell. He is a pastor and an author and a dad and a husband and all kinds of good things. Uh, let's jump into the book in a second, just one step before that, I think very relatable from your college days and getting into being a pastor. Uh, just share how that path k- kicked in and then that leads up to the uh, the book. Yeah. So I started taking Jesus seriously. I did a pretty crazy thing in a worldly sense and denied a really nice, cushy corporate job to instead do a pastoral internship. And so that led to about a 15-year run uh, at a church in the Annapolis, Maryland area. And from there, teaching the big themes of God's grace and also being a very visual presenter, the opportunity to preach on this idea of grace bomb came to me. And grace bomb is this juxtaposition. It's like a redemptive contrast where we see God's amazing disruptive grace, you know, really changing things radically, very disruptive but in the best of ways. So not, you know, not disruptive like a bomb, but in the best of ways. And so through that sermon series came a simple tool uh, called Grace Bomb, where we give cards and pair it with a website and help people break the ice with their neighbors. And we had hundreds and hundreds of stories, which then gave me a lot of very relatable, inspirational, and shareable stories that all became part of this book. Patrick Linnell is our guest. The book you were speaking about now, Grace Bomb, The uh, Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. Take a little time and just kind of share the backstory. You talked about it there because I also read part of it came out of preaching, you know, a series in church. Sometimes I actually hear pastors say they preached a series and then someone says you should write a book. But I think was it one of your mentors or a close associate said you should actually preach some sermons knowing you're going to write a book about it. Was that right? If I did I read that correctly? Yeah, you nailed it, Tim. That's exactly what happened. I had kind of wanted to write a book a few years back, but it really stalled out because I don't think the Lord was behind it at the time. But my mentor, Greg, he was going to go on sabbatical. He gave me the keys to drive all summer. He said, Pat, you can preach on whatever you want this summer. It was the summer of 2017. But he gave me a great piece of advice. He said, preach a sermon series. And think about each sermon as if it was going to be a chapter in your book. And by the time that you're done, you're going to have a great outline, a great jumpstart for your book. And I thought, Greg, wow, that was a great idea. And so from that sermon series came a lot of the main structure of, of what you'll find in Great Psalm today. Okay. So, so explain a bit about the idea. When, first of all, the title, obviously, Grace Bomb, are not two words you usually put next to each other partly because the word bomb, at least, is not something in our vocabulary that often. Or at least it's a U to bomb back in the day. Uh, and, right. But, <laughs> so, so explain, because uh, there, there are certain images, obviously, that pop up with both of those words. Yeah, that's really true. And, and you don't use, usually see those two words together. But what I see in this pairing of, fra- you know, pairing of phrase is a redemptive contrast. I think people understand that bombs disrupt things very violently, and that in a lot of ways, people use them for evil, intend them for bad. I think we can actually start to redeem some of that 
in using this term in a way that speaks to something coming together, that when your life is disrupted with divine grace, you will be wrecked, but it's so that you can be restored, and it's so that you can start walking in your purpose as a human being, being rightly related to your Creator. And so I hope to redeem this negative connotation on bomb. And, you know, it's kind of playfully used already in culture, like you said, you to bomb or photo bomb, or I'm going to get a bath bomb and enjoy myself later, right. uh, and those sorts of things. But I feel like we can take something in the spirit of, you know, Genesis 50, where men meant it for evil, but we're going to redeem that, and we're going to use this phrase so people can feel really great when they get grace-bombed. Yeah, and I think you bring up also in the book uh, part of the fact that uh, Grace Bomb, the idea of of God kind of turning things upside down, um, it, like even with the cross itself. Well, you sh- yeah, go ahead, share about that if you would. Yeah, and I even mentioned, I mentioned the cross because if you think about it, if you take yourself back in the time period of Jesus, people were not even discussing crucifixion or the cross in polite public because it was just this, awful, awful thing in culture. And, you know, bomb is kind of like that today. But God took this weak, dreadful, awful thing, the cross, and because Jesus atoned for the sin of the world on it, it became ultimately the most beautiful symbol of love the world has ever known. And so God's in the business of taking things that were meant for evil and turning them to good. And so I find that same redemptive contrast in this little slang phrase. It's probably something that G. Love would have said, you know, in one of the songs. And so I just kind of, I'm, I also use slang a lot. And so, uh, yeah, I think he wants us to start getting people thinking differently. And sometimes, you know, something a little startling or something that requires some definition might help do that. Patrick Linnell's our guest. He's written this book called Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors, and you can win it. It's on our site now, WFIL.com. We're giving away multiple copies over the next few weeks. Uh, you talked about your wife, and uh, kids reference that a little bit. My understanding is your wife was kind of planted an original seed that led to something that went from there as far as how the Grace Bomb concept. But talk about your wife. I think it was a motorcycle ride you guys were taking one day. Yeah. Tim, I'm thankful, bro. You you did your homework, so I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I Mr. Magood my way into being an author. I would have not have written a book if it weren't for the constant encouragement and insight from my wife. So when I had this idea to write the book, she was, we were on a motorcycle, and she's had all these thoughts coming in. And so we're driving, you know, 35, 40 miles an hour in the wind with helmets. So she's kind of like shouting, you know, so I hear her and she's like, listen, man, you just don't need another. You don't have to write another book. Like there's tons of books out there. People won't need another book. People need a way to love their neighbor. They need to be able to have a tool to break the ice. It has to be interactive and we have to be able to share stories. And it's got to be a movement. It's got to be so much more than a book. So she's saying all of these things like two years before that would come to life. And so she really had the vision for a movement, really a simple movement of obedience to Jesus is really what we're talking about, because the idea of loving your neighbor, we all get it as followers of Jesus. We've all grown up with this little light of mine. I want to let it shine. But on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, when I'm out amongst people trying to be introverted and just look at my phone, Breaking the ice with your neighbor and doing the love your neighbor thing, it can actually be one of the hardest things to put into practice. 
And I feel like Kristen was envisioning a way to equip the church to take baby steps towards the Great Commission. And lo and behold, she was right. She was about two years ahead. It's really interesting. Folks, just tune in and chat with Patrick Linnell. He's uh, written a book called Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. And I know the idea of when you hear a sermon on Sunday, how will it work on Monday, just in general. Um, and, and you even bring up in the book how I think part of the issue about loving your neighbor is having vision for what that could actually look like. You mentioned breaking the ice, but also even just thinking about it, because like, you may kind of go through your day thinking, I go to church Sunday morning, maybe Sunday night. I have a Bible study. I um, Our youth group uh, feeds the homeless, and it's kind of done in the context of what the church is offering you. But, but then mm-hmm. beyond that, the day-to-day, then I'm living my life, and I think, well, like I talked to our daughter, Tessa, uh, she and Theodora, our 11-year-old, when they go to soccer, say, so, you know, you're going to share life with these girls for two or three months. So have fun, run around, score goals, all that. But have mm-hmm. eyes for these girls because you may never – you get close to them. The team has a pizza party afterwards, yeah, 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 and then they're gone. So don't miss the opportunity right in front of you to at least have a heart to pray for them. And then as you have opportunity, open your mouth or share life with them. This is a short season. So, you know, make sure to have those eyes. So I'm sure that's part of the part of Grace Bomb and the, and the concept, really, is, is it not to have that vision to understand it. It goes way beyond the organized part of what church offers, as good as that is. Yeah, you nailed it. The reality is part of our identity in Christ is to be aware and to be on the lookout for our neighbors, like you said, with your daughters on the soccer field. And, you know, it's not just like pastoral jargon. It's just Paul writing to the church when he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And it's like, wow, okay, so I have this treasure trove of, you know, love and grace and mercy and this, these spiritual blessings that will last for all eternity, and that's all true of me. And then I'm sent on this mission to be aware and to love my neighbor, not just like, oh, I was polite and kind, but as the Spirit leads in intentional and practical ways. You know, when Jesus says, we are the light of the world, light shows up, like light is felt. Light feels good, it's warm, you know. When you rub against light, you want more of that. And so we can ask ourselves, do we have that effect? You know, when people on the outside of, you know, the Church in the United States, are we known as the, the warm, awesome people that when you feel them, you just want more? Or are we like the cold, judgmental, hypocritical folks? And, you know, I feel like we're, we're at a very crucial point uh, in our day and age where we just need to embrace our identity in Christ and from that secure, safe place, take simple steps of faith, and then watch what God does, because I feel like he's, He wants to send us on an adventure but it just starts with that one little baby step. Patrick Linnell's our guest. If you're just tuning in, it's Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL.com, on the app, which you can download free from our site at WFIL.com. We're going down to 55 tonight with clear skies. Gorgeous day today God's given us. Tomorrow, very similar, some sun and clouds, high 83. Phil's lost a tough one yesterday, 13-12 to Washington. Bunch of home runs, bunch of runs. Just couldn't close it out. They're at the Mets tomorrow afternoon, 410. Uh, Patrick is from the, uh, I guess, the, 
Well, you're in Maryland, so I don't know if you, would you be an Orioles fan or which I pray for you if you are. Unfortunately, I am, sir. <laughs> they lost thirteen to nothing yesterday. I think it was so. <laughs> well, they're they're breaking records on the wrong side of things right now. <laughs> well, Phillies lost thirteen to twelve. The Orioles lost thirteen to nothing. And when you think of it, their losses in either case as much as. But yeah, I, the, I think the Orioles are like cemented in the basement right now. Phils are trying to scuffle along and get out of it. Are, are you an Orioles fan or a sports fan in general? Yes, I am. I'm an I'm an O's fan. I'll take in a couple of games. I'm a I'm a Washington Capitals fan. So sorry for all the Flyers fans out there. Yeah. Uh, and you know I do have a slight allegiance to the Ravens, but I also enjoy the Eagles. So I'm not like a I'm not I'm not against the Philly crew. I feel like Baltimore and Philly, as far as sports goes, we ha- we have these scrappy, rough teams, and I think we're similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Patrick, do you have a couple more minutes to hang with us for one more break? And I, I want to really allow folks, uh, basically now we've kind of set it up a lot and, and talked around it and through it, but how does it work? Kind of a question. How does grace bombing work? Is that is it? Can we come on the other side and then kind of explain the movement side of things? Absolutely. I'll hang right in there. All right. Very good. Quick break here. Patrick Linnell is our guest. The book is called Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. We are giving this book away over the next few weeks a number of times. So if you want to enter to win a copy, simply go to WFIL.com. Click the contest page. You'll see it right there. Get yourself entered to win. Back with more in just a moment in WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. It's 437, Tim DeMoss Show. Folks just tuning in. We're chat with Patrick Linnell. He is a pastor and an author as well. A new book is called Grace Bomb, Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. We're giving away copies at WFIL.com. So we have talked a lot about the concepts and things in and around it. How does it work? Uh, because the book is, as you mentioned, it's a why book, but it's also a how-to book. It's a practical tool, like your wife is suggesting while you're she's yelling over your shoulder on the uh, motorcycle. So. <laughs> yep, you nailed it. So basically, here's how it works. Pretty simple. We have a little tool called a grace bomb card. It's very simple. It's got a grace bomb on one side. It says, you've been grace bombed on the other. The only other thing on that card is gracebomb.org. And here's how it works. If you have cards, they serve, number one, as a reminder for you that you have neighbors in your everyday walk of life. That could be your next divine appointment. But then that card goes along with your surprising gift of your time, treasure, or talent. And so these can be as creative and various as the Spirit leads. But if you're out and about in your everyday walk of life and you feel prompted or nudged or or led to interrupt your neighbor's day with something awesome, with this great gift of grace, just a small taste of grace, the card actually is a little icebreaker. It lets them know that this was not just a random act of kindness, but this was an intentional act of love, and it was motivated by Jesus. And if they're interested or intrigued, they can check out the website, which basically is a very simple explanation of what I just said. Or you could explain that as well. And the card is just a natural way to bring up not just your kindness, but the source of kindness. And I think that's really, really important for believers today. Because right now in our culture, generic kindness movements or random acts of kindness, you know, they're prevalent and they're trending or sometimes just trendy. But the problem with generic kindness movements is those things 
end up on kindness. Grace Bomb takes that extra step to say, no, there's a source of kindness. He has a name. It's Jesus. And that was just the tip of the iceberg of when it comes to his personal and soul-satisfying love for you. And so we want to kind of leverage this fun kind of, you know, random acts of kindness thing, but we want to take, take the next step with our neighbor to let them know about our motivation behind it. So we have, we have cards that are available for everyone. They're free. You can get them at gracebomb.org. And we love hearing the stories of how people are led. Because it's not just the, oh, what should I do? Although there are plenty of those, you know, I can pay for this meal. I can paint that first person's fence. I can mow my neighbor's yard. I can offer that young couple free childcare for a month. I can go over to that widow's house and do her laundry. Lots of different ideas. But what we love to also hear is how those ideas came about. How were you led? Or what did you notice about that person? And so we love sharing those stories as well. There's one of the stories in the book fairly early on watching how the dominoes fall, so to speak, from the, the daddy-daughter date through, uh, I think it's Chad's. Is that the barbecue place you went to? And uh, Chad's Barbecue, shout out. If anybody's out <laughs> down in Edgewater, Maryland, you've got to Google Chad's Barbecue. It's on point. And, and Chad's, what was, even, it, was it? Go ahead. They'll even... They're going to rival a good Philly cheesesteak, I'll tell you that. Ooh. And I, that might be, I might be blaspheming right yeah, now, but I can, tell you, better... I, I can tell you he's, he's putting up a strong fight there. <laughs> <laughs> we have to hit the dump button on our delay system here for that last comment. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, and then, uh, and then Chad's wife. I mean, take, take a couple minutes if you have them and just unpack what happened from your daughter to how God worked in uh, Chad's wife's life and be much further beyond. Yeah, this was a crazy story. Okay, so picture yourself coming home from a long day of work, and you're just wanting to put your feet up. Well, my seven-year-old daughter bounds out to the car wanting to go on a daddy-daughter date. And so, you know, she's got me wrapped around her little finger, so I said, okay, I'll do it. So we go to McDonald's, and on her prompting, we're in the parking lot, and she says, Dad, we should grace bomb somebody. And I thought, okay, Scarlett, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'm going to fan that flame. So I got a couple of Grace Bomb cards, and we paid for an elderly couple there at McDonald's. We paid for their meal, and Scarlett and I felt great about that. But the story got crazy at Chad's Barbecue because later I had one Grace Bomb card left in my pocket, and we had dropped the kids off, and I was on a date with Kristen. And we were at Chad's on the back patio sitting outside one night, and our server came up, and she said, oh, the last couple that sat out here just skipped that on the check. And both Kristen and I felt very clearly that this was a great opportunity to show a small bit of the grace of God. And so when we left, we paid for our meal, but then we added an extra amount that would have covered the walkout meal. And a little note of encouragement, and I put that last grace bomb card in with the, in with the bill. And as far as I knew, that was going to be the end of the story. And that was cool because Kristen and I felt great. But then I go back a couple months later into Chad's barbecue just to get some wings, to go wings. And I meet Chad, the owner's wife, Christy. And she came up and she was very excited about this grace bomb idea. I didn't know if she was a believer or not, but she wanted to share this idea with her whole business network. 
And so as a realtor and, and in charge of her team, she gave $100 bills and grace bomb cards to her team, sent them out to love their neighbor in some surprising and fun ways, brought those stories back and set those stories out to her broader business network. And then I was thinking, wow, this is really starting to to ripple out from this one little thing that happened at Chad's Barbecue. I was seeing the plans of God get wider and wider, but it was only then that I was seeing the plans of God go deeper, because I would later come to find out that Christie had just uh, ended a 20-year silence with God, that 20 years ago, one of her very good friends was tragically killed in an act of gun violence at a Dunkin' Donuts. And they were part of a church group, and that really made her question, God, are you there, and God, do you care? And then a couple years later, she's got this new wind in her sails as she's newly married, but then she experiences an unforeseen divorce. And she said, Pat, after that happened, I just walked away from faith for 20 years until about the time that a little girl came running up to her dad's car wanting a daddy-daughter date and then wanting to grace bomb somebody. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And it wasn't lost on Christy that a seven-year-old girl had, you know, pushed the first domino because later on that year, Christy joined our church and then wanted to be baptized. Mm. And she requested that Kristen, my wife, and Scarlett would come to the front uh, before she got baptized. And it was the beginning of the service. She kneels down next to Scarlett and hands Scarlett a gift. It was a gift bag, and inside, Scarlett pulls out a framed picture of the starfish story. And it's that little story about a kid on the beach with thousands of starfish getting ready to die. Right. Uh, you wash them on the shore. And, you know, there's a grumpy old guy saying, what are you doing? You know, you're not going to make any difference. And then the little girl picks up the next one and looks at him and throws it back and says, well, I made a difference for that one. Yeah. Well, Christy said to Scarlett, listen, Scarlett, you were like that little girl in the story. And I was like that starfish. So never, never stop taking Jesus seriously. And here's like this amazing day for Christy, and I'm receiving the blessing uh, as a parent. And Scarlett's learning this amazing truth about what God can do when we do this simple little thing of loving our neighbor. Uh, and so I really think that God has these adventures for all of us, but we'll never know until we just take that first step of faith. Amen. Patrick Linnell, our guest, the book is called Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. A lot of thoughts cycling in my head as you're speaking there. Uh, Back maybe to the verse that you were referring to earlier, Ephesians 2.10, kind of capping off what you just Mm -hmm. said, that, you know, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus— it's our purpose. I think you bring that up in our book as well. This, we're created to do this. This is not just a, an add-on. Uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And when you read that, if you think about it, it takes pressure off. Because if you read it just like God, God created us to do good works, good luck, that's one thing. <laughs> if you think of it like, you know, come on, everybody, you're supposed to be doing good works. But if you think about, like, God's already gone ahead of us, uh, and, and he's paving the way. Like, you couldn't have traced your daughter to the server, to the owner, uh, Christy, right? You couldn't have mapped all that out. It wasn't up to you to figure yeah. it out. 
but you were just doing the next thing in front of you, and and God already had all those good works mapped out, and He allowed He He made it all come together. So I'm just I say that as encouraging people to I, you know with with your book as well that it's this is not a book for certain people only, right? It, it, just speak to the to the grander nature that you know anyone can pick this up. That's the encouragement really to to spread it around. Yeah, I, I did not write a book because I have a master's degree in loving my neighbor. In fact, I probably was led to write a book because I'm more introverted and have a hard time loving my neighbor and getting out of my comfort zone. Mm. And, you know, as you've probably t- taken a peek in the book as well, like I try to share as many of my failures and, you know, mess ups as I do some of the cool things that God did too, because, you know, it's like, I think we all want to be the good Samaritan, but honestly, Tim, most of the days I'm stepping out as a bad Samaritan is the thing. But, and, and that's where we meet grace, though. It kind of all comes full circle because all, at the end of the day, we have these good works prepared in advance, and we're, we're his workmanship, and we step out into what he's prepared, fully loved and wrapped in his awesome grace. And then it's like, okay, yeah, I'm just sharing a little piece of what I have already. Yeah, that's true. Folks, if uh, tuned in, we've been chatting this hour with Patrick Linnell. He is a pastor, also author of the book, Grace Bomb, The Surprising Impact of Loving Your Neighbors. We're giving it away at WFAL.com over the next three or four weeks. So feel free to enter any time you would like to do that. Gracebomb.org, you can look up for more info. And on a practical note, the, the resources that you're offering – and I like what you said. It's simple. I think you were talking about in the book the kind of digesting it with with folks close to you at the church and how do we move forward and to not make it too complicated and yet rigorous enough that it actually is more than just like you said a random act. Like, oh, that was nice. I felt good doing that. So it's much more than that because you. But it, but it's kind of a, an ongoing. Uh, what's the word? Uh, organic. You're kind of throwing the plant the seed and giving them some structure and then let them see if they that people want to go take their own step back. And so you're putting tools in people's hands. Um, anyhow, it, it, there's a lot right about it. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 talks about, it. let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And that's exactly what this book does. So, mm. amen. Keep up the good work with it. Will you? <laughs> amen, brother. Yes. And maybe, maybe one day if the Eagles play the Ravens, we can get together and have a good time and grace bomb some people while we're at it. That would be good. That'd be good. And if, if folks are just tuning in, can you uh, just do a quick uh, cap on our conversation here regarding the how it works and if they want to um, individual versus church too, right? It, it's not just individuals can latch onto this, but a church could get involved for sure, right? Yeah, that's right. Ultimately, we this thing is was born out of a church. It's a discipleship tool for churches. We have a lot of resources in that area. But it is not a community service project. It is not a volunteer opportunity. It is not something that your church leaders create for you. This is simply a tool to put in your hand or in your pocket, literally, that's going to help you take a baby step in the, great, in the highway of the Great Commission, if you will. And so you can go to gracebomb.org. You can get free cards. We'll have them out to you in about a week. Uh, you just load up with cards, you listen for the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your everyday walk of life, and then you drop your surprising gift of time, treasure, or talent. And if you need some ideas, check out the gracebomb.org social media connections. We love sharing 
different ideas and stories of what's happening right now, and we'd love for you to be a part. I'd love for you to be a part because I contend that God has an amazing adventure of faith for you. And our job isn't to figure out the entire path, but it's just to take the next right step. And if Grace Bomb could be a tool to help you do that, I rejoice. That's great. And just to clarify, too, I think you bring this up in the book, that there is, and we talked about it a little bit, for those of us listening in at the concept, there's a, there's a very big difference between a grace bomb and a, a random act of kindness because, first of all, you're being intentional with a grace bomb. It's not just uh, on a whim necessarily, right? You're following the Holy Spirit as opposed to just a touchy-feely thing perhaps in the moment or something appear, presents itself, but also it, tying it to the why are you doing this. It's much stronger than than just doing something kind for somebody else, but it's tied to the source of, of love. Yeah, it's, I think it's time for churches or radio stations or individual believers to take the next step from mere kindness. We obviously want to nail kindness, but then we, let, we need to let people know the source. We need to let them know that there's something deeper, there's something more, uh, and that the little experience of awesomeness they just, they just felt uh, was really just the beginning of what could be an amazing relationship with the Lord. Yeah, and you know, uh, people should know this about your preaching style from what I read. Very, very visual aid related. And I know it's easy. Whenever, whenever a pastor in general even references something like, I was watching the ball game or I was at Chick fil A the other day, like people perk up because they're, they're like, oh, yeah, tell me a story. So you do a lot more than that when you've been preaching, right? You, you, so that all, all of which is to say this book is more than just read and get some head knowledge. It's very practical in terms of, okay, now here's how you can go about doing what you're made to do. Yeah, we have we put the cards in the book. I have stick figures in the book. I have the <laughs> unexploded falling ordinances when I was sketching them back in the day in the book. I'm no Picasso, but I do try to leverage illustrations and stories uh, and visual aids because that's really just the way I'm wired. Yeah, uh, I try to probably keep my own attention while I'm preaching as much as anybody <laughs> else who's listening to me. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, God bless you, Patrick. It's great to talk to you. Please greet your wife and kids for us. Thank you. Thank them for sharing their husband and dad with us today. And hopefully we can chat again. Okay. I would love that. And in the meanwhile, I wish a great peace out to all my friends on I-76. <laughs> you know what? I even have that song queued up because you you mentioned it. So can you hear it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Isn't that fun? I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> All right. Patrick, have a great rest of your day, my friend. Okay. Thank you. Bye, buddy. Yeah, bye-bye. It's Patrick Linnell, pastor and author of the book Grace Bomb. Quick break. Back with more in just a moment. WFIL. 25 Parkline Drive. And like always, I'm kicking it live. Gonna call the fellas. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 457, the Tim DeMoss Show, as we wrap up our program. Congratulations to Adam in Mantua, New Jersey, Kabanza in King of Prussia, Edith in Philly, Nancy in Coopersburg, Kim in Norristown, John in Wrightstown, New Jersey, Gus in Newark, Delaware, and uh, Linda in Philadelphia. They're among the winners of gift cards that we were handing out yesterday, which is a tremendous amount of fun. It was my birthday yesterday, and if you missed the show, we were... Uh, turn the tables rather than asking for presents, although that's not beneath me. I said, let's have you call in, and I would like to give you a present 
and uh, that present, a gift card to Duncan, Panera, Rita's, or Wawa. And so we had all those folks and a number of others, Karen in Philly, James in Pottstown, Sergey in Collegeville, Ginny in Feasterville, Otis in Philly, Lori and Jamison all uh, texted in and got their $5.60 gift card to Duncan, Panera, Rita's, or Wawa. We'll do that again, not just on my birthday. They're Cards are courtesy of Brian Chevrolet in Chinkintown, which sponsors our show. It's just a little way of encouraging you to maybe take a friend out for a coffee and have a conversation, chat, or grab a little lunch for yourself. Thanks for listening to Tim DeMar's show. Our famous Friday program awaits tomorrow. Have a great evening. Looking forward to doing it again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMar's show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.